0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Daniel Budworth. How's it going? Yo, it's the been a while since we've been back <laughs> in the studio for Friend Code. I believe the first episode back after we had to record at home for that year was uh, E3. Um, but uh, back in the studio again, and uh, <laughs> it's a little weird trying to set everything up because the first because for E3, obviously, I was there doing oh, all the sure, setup sure, for sure. me. So this is the first time I even tried to do it. I'm like trying to remember how do I flip on the switch. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. And it's like it's just so weird. And It's funny. Well, and then
1: things just break for no good reason all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And it's just like in a few months, that's going to be the no- no- normal. Because I think uh, we tried to use Zoom for something a week or so ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's how you do it on Zoom. It's like it's so weird when you go back and forth. But, uh, yeah, I haven't had you on friend code in a while. And uh, I know we were on Twitter. This is how it came about. We're going to talk about some. VHS video game promo tapes in just a little bit, but we were having like uh we got tagged in a Twitter conversation about okay. yeah I think that's how <laughs> it started because you were like you replied someone asked about you know if you'd seen these VHS promo tapes as a kid right, or anything right, right. what do you think about them and then someone tagged us and you talked about the one you had I'm like dude I remember these I love talking about this stuff I I I think either my parents got rid of them or if they're still at my parents' house they're still there I had a bunch of these going up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm
1: pretty sure I, there's probably still a few at my mom's house.
0: It, it, it's it was such a delight to get them, but before we get to that, Bloodworth, there's is, this is a little bit of old news, but like I still think it's a relevant topic overall. Uh, trailers, video game trailers. I mean, it could be any kind of trailer, but video game trailers specifically. Do they like show too much? Are they too spoilery? um this was kind of kick-started off by the more recent metroid dread trailer 2 mm-hmm. i haven't watched it yet so i don't know what people are talking about i'm scared to watch it now because all the social media out there was like wow nintendo really wants this game to sell well because they just showed everything and i'm like what, what what's that big of a spoiler in a metroid game people are like, "No, it's a big spoiler i'm like oh my gosh what, <laughs> what could this be
1: i think i know what they're probably referring to in there um yeah i mean it's 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 hard until you play the game, right? Like, it's like, if you played the game, if you watched the trailers and then you feel like, oh, well, I saw all of it, then yeah, the trailers spoiled everything. Uh, until then it's, it's kind of hard because you don't know what the, the scope of things are. It's like this, this is, could just be scratching the surface of things. So true. Uh, so, and that, and that happens a lot, right? Like I remember when, uh, uh, God of War, when we did our review, and people were talking about, oh, you're spoiling so much, blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, you did not see nothing of that game. Exactly. And there's a lot of times like that where it's like just after a certain point in the game, they're just, you know, it's just completely blackout. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I have I have feelings that maybe they've, they've shown too much in this. They're definitely venturing into some things that haven't been in the series for a while. They're venturing into some things that like we've kind of never seen in a Metroid mm-hmm. game, you know, for the first time. And how does it all play in and play together and, and work? I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but Ooh. yeah.
0: Yeah. Perspective is an important thing with these. I mean, cause uh, what you're just talking about, but also I think also proximity to a release of something, right. you know, you, you tend to not, you've seen enough. You feel like the company's done a good job. Um, But this patron question about uh, what I want to talk about next real quick about it It comes from our our patron, JG, actually wants to know, uh, in regards to whether trailers show too much of the game nowadays, I actually decided not to watch the new Metroid trailer. So I'm with you. Nonetheless, I still think that game trailers do a way better job than movie trailers with showing what the actual product looks like. Sometimes they can have some spoilers, but any movie trailers just straight up lie or set the wrong tone. I can't tell you how many times I've hated a movie trailer and then loved the same movie after I actually saw saw it. This has never happened to me with a game. So what are your thoughts on that? So do do you Mm -hmm. kind of agree with that sentiment based on
1: movie trailers and game trailers you've seen? Do you have a slightly different perspective maybe? Um, Well, I do think it's it's fun and it's interesting how, yeah, some things, the movie trailers will just be from the cutting room floor or – there'll be things that so they shot specifically for a trailer and it's like all right we need this hero shot there's not really a point in the movie where it makes sense so let's just shoot one
2: you know so
1: yeah uh, I, I think that's interesting i don't feel like it's misleading it's just it's trying to capture the vibe of what the movie is um but i i think it's curious what they're saying about sometimes they just get the vibe wrong and i and i wonder if that's just a matter of just how all of that stuff is set up and just the kind of you know, back and forth and um, the Yeah. The, the way things are done and film is, you know, you just have houses where people make trailers and, you know, they get a separate director to say, all right, you know, put a rock song under that and or they'll tell you exactly what song to use and you just go from there.
0: <laughs> exactly. I feel like 1A movies have been around a much larger longer and the marketing machine for them I think works in like while there are definitely similarities, I think it works in a slightly different way because also most importantly movies are a very passive medium compared to video games. So I, I think that their job first and foremost is we need to sell tickets just like they need to sell game like they need to sell games but like I think they've gotten so, they think they've gotten so good at, at it. The the marketing people, they're like, this is what we know will sell. Focus research shows us this. The demographics show us this. The trailer needs to have this vibe because get them in the seats. So even if they don't like it, we still sold a ticket and stuff. Like they don't care about that. Where I think with a video game, you can't just like show the story for most of the games. You can't just show like a cool looking trailer anymore. And it's like, well, if you're like, well, what does it play like? You know, uh, there's more questions that you have to answer. So I think by its nature, video game trailers, they get like a little bit more into like the gameplay. They show a little bit more of the mechanics and stuff that's why i think they're a little bit more honest for the most part um obviously you know in the past there have been accusations about oh this is from a different build or they made right. this look better and well, like, that's uh, a yeah. whole well, weird and, and thing similar
1: yeah. to the cutting room floor thing with yeah. films you know you get you know game trailers where figuring out they're still figuring out what the game is right Ex- exactly you know, like, yeah. Bioshock Infinite perfect example <laughs> of, Like, they had stuff and they had ideas and they decided it's, you know we've got enough here that it's going to look good enough to do a trailer and we can start hyping people up for it and they're like well throw that out throw that out throw that out we're not going to sure. do it so it's just you know you have to you have to keep the context of how much time is in between a trailer and then when the final game comes out because yeah it you still need to allow the team creative freedom to say, "Hey, you know what? This idea, sure, it looked really cool, but in practice, it just wasn't working."
0: Yeah, I, it seems like a cool job. I also don't envy it because it seems like there's so much writing on your shoulders. Uh, real quick, from Level Capybara, they want to also know about: Has a spoilery moment in a trailer ever deflated your excitement for an upcoming video game?
1: Hmm. And if not, you know that's that's good. <laughs> you know, you can't recall one, but. I don't yeah, know. I'm There's always bad with point blank questions to be, to begin with. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I think that I've definitely had, I definitely feel like I've had those moments where it's like, oh, maybe you're showing too much or whatever. But, um,
0: yeah, I don't know about deflating my hype so much as like, right. I wish I hadn't seen it, but I'm still excited for the game. You know, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. For because, sure. Because
1: yeah, the the context still still matters
0: most of the time. And while I got you here, Miguel wanted me to pin you down, because apparently they haven't heard you talk about this yet, Blood. Uh, since you're on, can you ask Blood what your current hype level is at regarding tr- Dread? <laughs> so how, do, yeah, how are you feeling about Metroid Dread?
1: Um, Optimistic, but guarded. Oh. Um, I, I feel like there's something about the look of the game that just doesn't click with me. It doesn't... It doesn't feel like a, a high-budget Nintendo game. I know a lot of people think it looks really good, and I'm like, oh, I, just visually, it doesn't—it isn't hey, it, it isn't grabbing me. Our
0: commenters have
1: let us know that they're <laughs> not
0: happy whenever we suggest it doesn't look good. They think we're—they we're, think we're crazy. I think I might even suggested it, it might have been a 3DS game at one point, and they got very angry. Well, I at think me. that was
1: probably me, but yeah, <laughs> they got uh, very angry at that. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so there's that, uh, and then. I'm, you know, Mercury Steam, they have done quite a few of these style games between Castlevania and Metroid. Um, I, I don't know how well they can make that formula feel like it's moving forward. You know, and, and it's difficult because Return of Samus, uh, or Samus Returns, uh, is not a good place to judge that from because they were remaking a game that was already very linear. Nah. and trying to fit more elements into it and more exploration into it. And so to then go from that to something that is all new, has complete freedom to do whatever they want, and it's also based on this idea from the internal teams from back in the day. And so like, how how is all this stuff going to mesh together? And am I really going to enjoy the sense of being hunted again, which, you know, it's infusion and it's some degree in, uh, Metroid prime three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've seen some things in those trailers that is, it looks cool and is interesting. Uh, I'm very excited that the story is moving forward, but then other makes point. me wonder <laughs> Yeah. how much more do we want to go behind <laughs> the veil of this story? I don't know. Uh, I hope it. it and, and the other thing that makes me guarded is that it's been just such a burgeoning genre in the last five, six years. That like, is Metroid going to be the best Metroidvania of the year? Even like, I <laughs> I have my doubts. If, are, whether or not they can pull it off.
0: Yeah, these are some valid questions and concerns here. Uh, I, I definitely share some of those for for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think. The hunting thing in particular, when you mentioned that, like, I, I, it's been in my face the whole time, but like, I generally like hope mo- – there are definitely games I've loved that have had those types of segments, but like, they're segments. It's not like the majority of the game. And I, obviously, this game is going to probably let you have moments where you're not being hunted all the yeah. time.
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's clear from even how they first presented it. It's not an on, ongoing, yeah. constant thing. It's in certain areas, but – yeah, how well will that actually exactly. work? Will that yeah. feel too repetitive? And
0: yeah, know? like is when you figure out like the secret behind it, it's like oh, now it's not even a threat anymore. Like now it's like it's just like annoying or tedious or this is just procedural. Like you don't want to lose that kind of like intense feeling, you know, the tension there, and can I even maintain that. It seems like. A little, yeah. It's it, it's interesting that they went with that, but I mean, I did enjoy Samus Returns. But as you said, it already had a blueprint. You know, it wasn't you know being such a risk taker compared to a brand new entry. It, I mean, it's being touted as like a, like almost like a. Is it? I forget if it's actually being
1: called the conclusion or like you know, it's like yeah, they yeah, talk yeah. like it's <laughs> yeah, which is funny because they've done this oh yeah twice before. This is the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's like we've we've
0: heard heard the song and dance before, so. Yeah, I think it's fair, you know, but just a month away, and we'll be able to know uh, how it holds up for sure. But, you know, I have some fond memories of being a kid and watching some Nintendo VHS promos. Um, I didn't realize there was as many. I've always known there were a lot more than I ever got as a kid. Mm -hmm. But for me, and I think a lot of people, I I, I feel this is safe to say, I think a lot of people got the Donkey Kong Country promo VHS tape. I feel like everyone I knew as a kid got that. And as I got older, you know, gone online, started talking to more people. And even to today, just like looking into doing research for this, seems like that was like the most prevalent one. I remember getting that like, seeing it on the counter with the mail my mom saying it was for me putting it in there watching it like whoa this is really cool but just learning how many the more there were over the time and then even now when we went back I was like wow I didn't even know one two of these even existed I was like wait right. what are yeah. these ones so blood and I did a little bit of a deep dive when we went through and watched almost all of these
1: and uh yeah I watched all the ones that were on that YouTube yeah, channel that you showed me so
0: there uh, I went to a wiki The playlist we watched had ten of them. The only two that weren't on there were two uh, Pokemon ones. Oh, okay. One of them was strictly for the world of like all Pokemon, and it was like most of it was about the anime because of the show. It would just come out, and it had a teaser at the end for the game stuff. And it's like, wait, what? And then uh, the other one was for Hey You Pikachu, and it's like a two and a half minute of like this kid just like saying how cool it is to talk to pikachu and stuff and it's like okay like i I guess that wasn't a big you know i can see why that wasn't sent to a lot of people but the the 10 that we got to watch uh i feel like i had had watched at some point either online or tracked down on ebay and bought some of these later to watch on my own um it's very interesting to see the fluctuation between the styles they went for in some of these and you know we've been talking about this donkey kong country one it's called donkey kong country exposed i feel like we should start there Mm -hmm. um yeah, Blood, uh, did you did you have this as a kid, or did you get this at any point uh, on your own? And then, yeah, what did you think about this video, and
1: did you like it? <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it a lot. It was a huge source of hype for me. Um, I think it was maybe the f- first time that I had any sort of, like, video about games come through, other than, like, you know, some random things that might have been on TV or whatever. Um, the... I probably got about half of these overall. Like okay. four or five of them, I think, that that I had back in the day. Uh, and, yeah, and this was the first one. And it, and this one in particular, like looking back on all these, I think this does like a really good job of feeling kind of raw and behind the scenes and like you meet people that work in Nintendo. Like yep. Dan Oson is in here talking about Metroid Dread. He was on the Treehouse Live, you know. First time you've ever heard the word treehouse yeah. probably it's, outside it's like, of Nintendo yep. Power, you know, in, in yep. this as well. <laughs> um they did do some gimmicky things like having, you know, bananas all over the place and, and and the host was, you know, at times acting like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here or be here <laughs> or be in this area, yeah. or that it's area. Like, uh, come on now. But you know, you talk to Ken Lobb and like every one of these Dude. names like stuck in my head, like Tony Harmon and and um I wish Henry Sturcy and Armand Williams, like, yeah, these these guys were like, they were Nintendo developers to me, and at a time where we just didn't see that stuff.
0: Exactly, I was shocked. No, I'm shocked now. By how in depth of a behind the scenes look they actually gave you in this video, right? Like going, like you you told everyone about how like you can't get past the desk at Nintendo and stuff. and It's like, no, we're going in back. You say seeing seeing Treehouse, let alone hearing about it, like <laughs> getting to like meet the people behind like the the, the, the games and the, and the the play testers there and stuff like that. And then like I also appreciated the well, you said it had some like cheesy skit parts like that. They're trying to like lighten the mood. How much they were like lifting the veil behind not just like the game, like giving you an overview, but like the technology behind right. it, like all aspects of it. Like, it wasn't a super deep dive, but like for a promo video, it was kind of unique
1: i feel right. like to, to do i don't something think i would like ever that. heard the word parallax before exactly this video. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, they show they actually show like the prototype cartridge with like all the, yeah exactly the RAM like, chips and stuff on it that's yeah.
0: like the stuff that people love to see like or, you know especially all the work we've done and stuff and you know that stuff floats out there eventually and people are like oh that's like a prototype test cartridge that was a beta cartridge you know that's a dev unit and stuff it's like no they're just straight up showing you that like and, and for a lot of people like They had no idea what that – like, the older stuff is usually harder to, you know, like, see in, like, in such good condition because that was, like, what they were actually working with in its prime. Um, I really, really like – so I got some notes here real quick. Like, uh, we already talked about the comedy bits. Uh, Like, a lot of gameplay. I mean, Nintendo – like, this – a lot of this stuff I'm going to say, eventually the VHS tapes I think led towards, like, a style I feel like kind of gets closer to, like, what Nintendo is has – evolved into now but man like these kind of like extended dev walkthroughs where there'd be segments like here's some tips and tricks here's like overview of levels here are like mechanic overviews it was really really nice to see that um I like how they got Tim Stamper on the phone from right. Rare talking about, like, yeah, they went to, like, the zoo. Oh, you went to the zoo. Right. And, like, the guy was, like – and, like, talking about, like, ACM and uh, the Silicon Graphics yeah, guy. The, like, yeah, they had
1: him in there. L- really Who going, shows up in the, the next videos for a little bit, too.
0: Exactly. But I got to say, like, Ken Lobb is in a lot of these videos. And, man, I have to say after rewatching these, I really want – Wish there was a way for Ken Lab to come back to Nintendo because he's right the, across the street. The, yeah, the dude is such like a good personality in these videos. The, the set because you love music and video game music, and that whole sequence on the CD about he, Ken Lab is basically like, "Hey, like we've been doing oh, a lot of yeah, work with yeah. the music. We think it sounds pretty good, and it's been a thing in Japan for a while where they sell video game soundtracks, but that really wasn't a thing in the West at all." And he says, "This is a big deal because we're going to put this out on CD for people to go buy." I was like. I mean that actually got me to go buy it from the catalog, yeah. Because Ken Lobb told me how cool it was as a kid. But watching it now again, it's like this is was a big deal actually. I didn't realize at the time. Like this is like a big first step for Nintendo outside of Japan with soundtracks. I don't know if you like felt the same or you
1: you felt yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, I was recording some things on like cassette tape before then, but yeah, that that Donkey Kong Country CD was probably the first video game soundtrack I purchased. Yeah, it was... They had the wireframes in there. They talked yeah. about how that worked, and they went through all the like the, li- the different types of shading that it goes through before it becomes, you know, fully rendered. It was exciting. I yeah.
0: think it, it made me interested in game development as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, obviously not the career path I chose, but for a while there, I was, was kind of like, I'm going to go work at Nintendo and make video games because these cool. Oh, I had scenes. notebooks
1: where I was like drawing ri- wireframes oh. because I had no oh. idea how any of this worked. So I was like, oh yeah, you, if you know how to draw it, <laughs> yeah, then you can know. think in 3D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yep, that's how it works. Uh, One thing I want to say, and this is kind of prevalent in the other videos too to some extent. uh, From from my perspective as a kid, this video and the other ones definitely glamorized Q&A jobs.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, this uh, guy just plays video yeah, games all like day. Maybe
0: N.O.A. treated them very well back then. I would have no idea. I haven't heard any stories from like the 90s era of Nintendo. But Q&A is historically not treated very well in the video game industry. And so one thing I was kind of wrestling with when I was watching is the question of like – this is aimed at like a younger – like teens and younger audience obviously – and it's making it seem cool to play video games for a living, getting paid. And, like, obviously, back then it was a different context. Like, yeah, who the heck is paid to play video games? That's pretty awesome. But at the same time, like, kind of ingratiating that mindset to, like, I wonder if that had that kind of mentality in the 90s led to, like, a generation of kids who were into gaming growing up, like, aspiring to be game testers helped fuel them being exploited later on, mm. like, as they got older into two thousand like, you know, in the last 20 years, because they were just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And, like, it's part of, like, this is the dues you got to pay to be in video game industry. And now it's, like, as people of, like, you know, times have changed, people are like, no, you're just treating us like trash now. Like, this is – I don't, like – I love games, but, like, I'm not going to kill myself to do this stuff. I, I don't know if that even came across your mind at all when watching these or if, if you felt the same way that, like, the people who worked at Nintendo were, like, the coolest people ever or, like, they seemed like that was an awesome job.
1: Yeah, I mean – I definitely get, didn't get the sense that, like, they led to any of the stuff later because I just think that's just inherent, right? Like, people just have that idea like, oh, you just play video games all day. It'll be, you know, fun and easy or whatever. And that's, you know, why you can turn through people so quickly in those in a lot of those companies. Uh, but I do think that, you know, something that we kind of see through these videos, and I'm like, I'm not sure how many of those people are still there today, but Dan Osen was still there. Ken Lobb just moved across the street to Microsoft when they got rare. He, you know, apparently I don't know how much of that was tied to that with you know his relationship, but it's it's interesting that he like he eventually yeah. kept working on Killer Instinct from an internal perspective and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, even through these videos, you see you know when they do bring people back like Henry and Armand and like a lot of those same guys over there for a couple of years, so they weren't just tearing through people at like a you know. A breakneck pace or anything
0: yeah i i that's what i was saying earlier like i don't suspect nintendo was like there was anything wrong at that point with that mm-hmm. they, they actually were you know a, a, from a perspective of a young person watching at the time they just seemed like the coolest people in fact like through the years as like nintendo got an online presence like they got like their noa handles and like That was like the coolest thing ever. You saw someone with like an NOA underscore in their name. You're like, yo, you're like, dude, you're like (laughs) the coolest person ever, man. Like, love that stuff. And you mentioned, you didn't mention Killer Instinct. Loved how it ended on, like, a teaser right. where it's like, hey, let's go check out this room. And then, like, they, the nice little zoom, and they allowed them. It's like, next year! And even, like, show you the title <laughs> and stuff. It's like, I was almost, like, wondering, like, I wish E3 would do something like that where right. it's, like, planned. It's like, they show you, like, a really short title and gameplay clip, and like, oh, no, like, you know, like, next year or something. Like, God of War, like a PlayStation showcase. But they that's what I mean. It. Like,
1: the raw kind of behind-the-scenes, like you know it was old, the nintendo's old building and oh and yeah it just felt like just a very normal typical office building you know there's the cafeteria there's a break room there's you know just there's just some desk in the corner it, like it all felt authentic in that sense even when they were playing it up for camera yeah
0: it was yeah i i appreciate that and that it still exists um and as we see in these next few videos, you know, they, 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 they further expanded into looking behind the scenes. This next one on the playlist was called The Invasion of Nintendo. Yeah. It technically was the third one to come out in the release order, apparently, but like it's the second one in this playlist. We'll just go with this one. Yoshi Yoshi's Island was, was actually second. So, huh. but this one kind of the same style a little bit, I think. Um, well. Not exactly. But oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to get flipped up. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. This one I'd never seen before. And this one with a different style. Um, though a theme they came back to once or twice with this whole spy infiltrating <laughs> Nintendo. Like, this was like the attitude era of Nintendo. Like, you know, at the end of the Donkey Kong video, like, you're not going to find it on Sega. You're just, like you know, There's like, love them taking digs at each other. So, the, the real quick, the setup for this is like, it's a spy mission to infiltrate NOA. It looked like 1984 vibes meets the Matrix. Um, this is a it gave some like behind the scenes looks at some games. Uh, but like it was this thing where they kept going to different staff members and trying to get them like, so tell us everything, you know, it was yeah, like, like so tickling weird.
1: feed and like got briefcases full of money and just like anything, you know, make make them talk. And,
0: and the music. There's, like, a licensed music thing at the end because, like, as soon as Bush, uh, Bush came on, I'm like, wait. Bush is, Bush like, is in there. No doubt like, is in I was there. like, wait yeah. a second. Wait, what? <laughs> what is going on here? I was like, how did they get permission to use this? Oh, it might be a promo video they did. Just, like, back in the day, it was different. But, no, at the end, they have courtesy of. I was like,
1: whoa, this is pretty cool. Uh, I'm curious how much of that was local. It seemed like a lot of that Seattle, scene, right when Seattle was blowing up. I have a feeling, yeah.
0: <sighs> I... I This one, I will say, was like a weirder vibe. Oh, yeah. It's definitely more a product of its time than even the Donkey Kong video. Like, I don't think this one is aged as well. Although, it was interesting because this one went through a multitude of games. We got to see a little bit, as I said, like Yoshi's Island. They gave some tips for that. Ken, Okay, the Ken Lobb mom gag. (laughs) (laughs) That one, like, there was one part that got me to chuckle at the end. What was it? uh uh, forget where it was. There, there was a line or something that made me laugh. But they also had something about they—they they had a uh, Super Mario RPG tease at the end, mm-hmm. which I was like, "This is, dude! They're teaching Super Mario RPG in this. This must have been so awesome. Why didn't I get this video as a kid?" And I love their line. They said, "You know, Square
2: developed it. Oh, they're the best. They did Final Fantasy, so you know Mario RPG isn't going to suck."
1: yeah uh, the yeah, this one I totally had but I had forgotten all about but yeah, it, it definitely leaned in more on like production bits like you're saying they had you know the, the kind of the briefing room or like the evil mastermind is like tele you know teleprompting in or whatever and, and, and I think that might be the same host as the last video, but he's just shaved his hair um, and he's put on a different voice. Uh, he's kind of through a few of these. Yeah, but, I, think, uh, I think
0: he might have been staffed for Nintendo Power because Nintendo Power could produced be. these yeah, videos yeah. for be, them. Could be, could be.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they had a lot of the, the music. They had the goons going around. doing <laughs> this. Stuff. Oh, they had the janitors in between. Oh, yeah. So you had the two janitors the in the break room, the old guys, and then you had the old old ladies as well. Yeah. Um, they were still calling the Ultra Sixty Four yeah. the NUC. Yeah, what
0: I said, what I heard, that, I was like, wait, did he did he mispronounce <laughs> it? I was like, no, he's saying Nintendo. U-. Even though the system glamour shot uh, later showed Nintendo Sixty Four, like it looked like they actually changed because that's the in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 get, we'll get into that. Yeah,
1: we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, so Henry Serci showing Yoshi's Island and and tips. This was the thing. Yeah, they were still very into like tips and secrets and you know that's this what is people how people love do things the Ken lob part
0: mm-hmm. I don't know your you no, no, say this I wanted to give shout outs oh, to yeah well I think for a promo video the lingo might trip up a lot of people like an average person I was shocked at the high level breakdown of like fighting game mechanics that Ken Lob was doing yeah. it was almost like commentary at a fighting game tournament and like this is like in ni- early 90s from Nintendo <laughs> of all places and I was like I was like, man, that th- that
1: that was the moment. I was Like, please get Ken Law back. I was like, this guy
0: is amazing. This guy is great. I was like, yeah,
1: because he was he was just talking about you know. I was like, well, you you know that auto doubles, you know, starting up and it's only going to go into a you know a higher mid or I, I forget exactly what he said, <laughs> but never, it like, yeah, yeah it, it was very technical breakdown. He's talking about essentially like looking for frames. He's talking about how you can do combos that don't use auto doubles so you can throw people off, uh, and and I ate it all up. You know, like that's I, I i remember at one point when i was in a newspaper and my editor was like they keep asking for like codes and stuff and strategies and I'm like okay so like i wrote up like a thing on how to get 60 hit combos and in killer instinct gold you know nice <laughs> like, blood, <laughs> yeah but and, and that game in particular was just sort of in that zone where like yeah, a lot of there's like auto comboing and things like that, but combos were a very big part of it and combo breakers were a very big part of it. And so it was sort of moving forward, even though the rest of the fighting game community went a different direction, it it was starting to get people thinking in more technical terms of how to play a fighting game, um, and to particularly home players, because I think that stuff was starting more in the arcades. Yeah, that's a good point. When people playing at home, like, oh, okay, so I can do this and this and, and, and string things together rather than just you know doing my fireballs
0: it's very true because most like a lot of the fighting game veterans will tell you from that era that like it was the arcade scene if you want to learn to play these games get good learn the lingo you needed to be there but like the home console version like there's no online yet so it's like you maybe played with your few friends but like you weren't getting that exposure that kind of community you know the, the, the community get together setting where a bunch of minds could, you know, congregate and, you know, bestow the knowledge and like do the like the lab stuff and, and that we're more used to now through online training and like going to events that, that wasn't as big back then. So it was like I think it's almost like I lament Nintendo not doing as much of that, but I also understand it was a different time and like right. they were also trying Well there's uh, weren't a lot of games where
1: you would need ex- that kind ex- of knowledge. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And also this is like an era where Nintendo was like trying to y- they were trying their best to seem cool in some yeah. of this stuff. Oh, little, you, try, to seem, you try, want to Trying to seem a little cool? too hard. <laughs> Here we go.
1: Um, end of Mario RPG. Oh, they also had DKC2 in there. Well, we, we don't have a lot to say. Yeah, about it, but it is. End of the Mario RPG section, which was with the two old women janitors. I'm thinking of getting a tattoo of Luigi on my left butt cheek. I was like, okay, blood. That was cringe. <laughs> There's
0: definitely a lot of cringe in these in some of these videos. I, I know. I want to get to it now because while... It was. I was blown away because I didn't know about this video. I was blown away when they showed off the Shoshinkai 95 yes. footage because that's yes. rare. That's rare as, cr- oh, that's unheard of. And I to be in a pro- buried so in a promo this, yeah. video, like that's great historical archive footage right there. And I was like my like my eyes just lit up. I was like this is excellent. Then this cringeworthy VO comes over yeah. about this they were just st- goofing. I was like they're, try- they're, they're it, trying yeah. to goof, but like they say some pretty trashy things. I was like. All right, this needs to go, and then like they even got like Howard Lincoln, like because they were going to track down Howard all these big
1: Gunpei Yokoi is in there for yeah, a
0: second. I was like, "There's all these big wigs, and you, what are you doing with this VO? Please cease this right now! Ah, you're ruining it." So, <laughs> sort needs to make a cut where they take out the VO, basically, and it's like. But other than that, like yeah, just seeing the lines, seeing the all the stations, and, and it just like how that convention center looked in 1995 it's like 1995 japan it's like this is awesome
1: yeah yeah because they they were playing again they were still going with the secret asian angles they like, they're like they're looking for the tape you got, oh yeah have you seen the yeah, tape i've got to find there. the tape where's yeah. the tape you know and so they talked to that silicon graphics guy from the last video he was in there um and uh yeah and then and <laughs> then what was really funny to me <laughs> when they finally showed the tape it was like the N64 on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of screenshots you'd already yeah, seen from Nintendo Power.
0: It was like Nintendo Power was I was like getting so excited for like, are we going to see real gameplay footage? I was like, D- this is going to be good quality. It's like, oh, it's a
1: screen. <laughs> angling shot. them over and over. And this one's zooming in a little
0: uh, bit. I was like, the limitations. There, Yeah, yeah got, got a little too greedy there. Um, but, yeah, I think it was worthwhile to see some of that, like, archival footage. Um, but, uh, as we said, like, these promo videos were definitely going for themes to, like, carry, you know, like, skits. Right. This is why well, – we'll get to it a little bit later. I I, I, I feel like some of this stuff – like, one of these videos I'll say, see which one you thought I was the one I'm going to say, felt like almost like an easy update episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see the genesis of, like – directs and some of, like, you know, like, the, the, like I feel like somewhere when they were making the decision to go to, like, we we're ditching live press conferences, someone's like, hey, like, they were looking at all their stuff. Someone had to have mentioned their VHS tapes, like, <laughs> not as cheesy as this, but, like, hey, they worked back then. Like, maybe we just modernize them for a new, like, a new time hmm. and a new audience. Like, this is what directs should be, and, like, no one else is doing them. Uh, I know Nintendo was the only one doing VHS tapes, but they seem to be the one to putting out the most of these back at this time period, especially... In in the US, at least. So it's interesting to see, I think. Yeah. A Journey Through Yoshi's Island is the next one. Second chronologically released. This one I did not know about. This one I I did not know about either whatsoever. This is one of the, uh, the other ones I didn't know about.
1: Apparently, it was sold in stores. Yeah, there. So was, they didn't get mailed out to people. So
0: there's some interesting ones we'll talk about later. Some of these were even exclusive to certain. Like one was right, exclusive right. to the Blockbuster to rent at Blockbuster. <laughs> one was a Toys R Us exclusive. So yeah, they, they did one, Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, but there's some interesting things here, Budworth. I noticed about Yoshi's Island, um, Super Mario World to Yoshi's Island. They said it was four years in the making. So thinking about like an old, yeah, like like
1: people like to wait. S- no, I think they were just. I think they said that because Mario had Mario World had come out in '91. Oh, so they we
0: weren't talking about development time. Okay. I don't think they were okay. actually talking. Because about I was going to say, time. "Wow, that, that even from back then." I that's think a, it's just that's a marketing speak. Yeah. Uh, the pronunciation of the uh, they said Kamek. Oh yeah, I, I was like, "What? What would you say? Kamek? <laughs> is, is that how you say it?" I was like, "Apparently, '90s Nintendo of America. That is how you pronounce it, Kamek." Uh, I like that we got a lot more behind-the-scenes looks at Nintendo headquarters. Yeah, we, we got th- some
1: arcade. They had a little arcade in the office there. At oh, that
0: point. yeah. That was very cool. Um, Ken Lob again, with the technical breakdown of uh, the, the, the the backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I,
1: Morphmation. Uh,
0: Morph. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was almost hoping he was going to do an explanation of the... 3D. That's not 3D because I don't know if you saw that came out recently. That the 3D objects in Yoshi's Island are not actually 3D models. It's some crazy thing going on that's really technical. Huh. That's really that, uh, someone like the video that tried to explain it. Even it's doing its best,
1: it's still a little confusing. So, but they're not polygons. Apparently they they're sure n- look like polygons.
0: Apparently they're not.
1: <laughs> and it used the FX, yeah. Apparently they aren't. Huh.
0: Or at least some of the effects aren't like uh, those aren't actually 3D models whatsoever. But I was really excited when they got into the technical breakdown of this stuff because, you know, whether, you know, actually, is morphation a real term or is that something they made up? No. Okay. Just double check. (laughs) Just double check in on that. Uh, You know, I love the gameplay clips they showed off. Whatever they were showing off was always very interesting to look at. Like, it was either an action shot or seeing a new area or like a secret being revealed. They were very good about, like, I think that mentality carried over into like, game production sites of the late 90s and 2000s Mm. like hey your gameplay needs to look good you know I think it had a good impact on there and a lot of this stuff just felt like good like dev walkthroughs we don't see as much of that anymore nowadays or we just get it like as part of a formal presentation but We've been to E3s where that was like one of the big bread and butter things to go get is go get a dev walkthrough because people want to see gameplay and it it, being explained to them what the heck's going on because all the press conferences were lengthy analysis and data stuff and graphs and then a few trailers and then like executives talking and no no gameplay breakdowns ever like that was hardly a thing so this was you know ahead of its time almost
1: well the other thing that's kind of crazy too to sort of stick your head back in into this moment is. You know, there have been a lot of these Yoshi games since then, and we kind of like, we un- we're familiar with the mechanics. We know how they work. We know the art style. They were explaining... All this stuff was new. Yeah. You know, like the, the scribble crayon look was oh, something gosh. that not very many games had done. Them, at them that explaining that? Yeah. Uh, Yoshi shooting eggs was an entirely new thing. Um, and then just like the way that a lot of that stuff worked and looked and. Yeah, all the different visual effects, like you were saying, it just—it wasn't anything that we had really seen before, you know. And I, I think there's still obviously a lot of people that just kind of brushed it off because it looked like, a, you know, like a little kid's game. But you know, it—it it, it was doing a lot of uh, impressive technical work. Nah,
0: it's funny you said kids game because. Uh The video, I felt like they were kind of making it seem like it was going to be kind of challenging. Mm -hmm. There's like some of the language they used, like you're looking for, like, because the tips and tricks they were showing you. (laughs) And even one of the, the, again, one of the play testers, like, I'm known as like the egg god right now or whatever, and like showing how to bank the shots and stuff. You know, it was really cool to see see stuff like that. Um, I made a note here that it was at this video, this third video, where I felt like this is where I feel these types of videos evolved into Treehouse Live. I said direct early. I meant like mm. Treehouse Live. Oh, sure. This is what Treehouse Live now is. These videos were like a 90s version of Treehouse Live with like skits weaved in between. So that's it, it, it's cool to trace back kind of like yeah. the genesis of this, this, this type of stuff. And this one still
1: had some office shots and things like that going on. So yeah, like you were saying, I, I think, yeah, it's – this is probably one of the more straightforward ones. It had watermelons and stuff around the office, but oh, there wasn't a whole lot of that.
0: Yeah, they definitely toned it back from the DKC one, and it wasn't as crazy as the Invasion of Nintendo one. So, yeah, it was probably their most matter-of-fact one, honestly.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, the next one might be the most matter-of-fact, because yeah. it was pretty straightforward. The,
0: the next one was maybe more of fact. It's just the visuals of the interiors, and we're talking about the N64, oh, yeah, yeah. N64 changed the system video. Yeah. Uh, I have to say this one I got, and I yeah, have to I say... That. I watched this video every night until I got a Nintendo sixty. Uh, I thought the kids selected to go to NA- NoHQ. They seemed way older than me at the time. Uh, were the coolest kids ever? I was like, "Man, you are the coolest person ever!" And now, as an adult, like this is all staged. Like this is not, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not real at all. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this thing got me hyped is excited for Nintendo 64 before I let you talk here real quick. I want to say this very little known fact. I was saving up money uh, in 95, late 95 to buy a new game system because I knew they're coming out in 96 or that's when I'd be able to buy one probably. Originally, my little like thing I had to store my money from all like the odd jobs I did like babysitting or mowing lawns whatever was called the PlayStation fund.
1: <laughs> because I
0: was originally gonna get a PS1 because everyone around me was telling me how cool it was. And I had a neighbor who had it. I was like, this is so cool. You're so lame now, Nintendo. And then I got this video and I was like, okay, I wanted <laughs> now Nintendo 64 is cool. PlayStation's lame. I was like, Super Mario 64. Alright, this is real. Like I'm gonna play this. So this video actually helped change my mind to like I'm gonna contribute. I mean, I didn't have enough to buy the whole thing, but like, I helped pay for. I was like, "This is going towards helping to buy an N64 for me and change it from a PlayStation One fund." <laughs> this video, but yeah, what? Uh, yeah, how do you like? Yeah, what? What do you think about this video with like the the inside looks at a few of the first Nintendo sixty four games in the system?
1: Oh, yeah. Again, like the technology and everything was so new that it was yeah, it was mind blowing. And like, I I remember this one a lot more because like you're saying like these tapes like. That was hit. Like, that was the way to see this footage. That was the mm-hmm. only way, and and so yeah, you watch them over and over again. What I, I find interesting in the start is just kind of looking at like the window of time that this had to have arrived because they they talk about it already being released in Japan, yep, June 23rd, and then it's coming out um, in the U.S. in September, and September 29th. So it had like we had to have gotten this like right in the middle there, like. Mm-hmm. July, August, like, there's not a lot of time yeah. in between these two things. Um, and then I know, like, the Mario 64 stations were going into Toys R Us and I, places I remember, like that. Those, yeah. so I remember those. I remember those for sure. I'm going back and trying to play those as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's interesting to think that, like, you know, if you had the means and the knowledge at this point, you, you could have, you know, technically have imported an N64. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm
0: sure someone has did that at the time, but it was, yeah... It's one of the first times I can remember being cognizant of, like, the staggered release, launch yeah. windows, like, being aware of that type of stuff. I mean, Nintendo Power I'm pretty did help, you know, talk about that as well with the game releases, but, like, right. also consoles coming out at different times. Like, oh, and that well, was, like, the norm back then.
1: Yeah. Well, that, what, was, what was funnier, too, is I remember um, – yeah, I think this is – they were fairly close together comparatively because when you go back to the Super NES, I remember there was a time where somebody had gotten a letter – uh, asking if we would get a Super NES because the Super Famicom was out in Japan. It was like, oh no, we don't have any plans. You know, the, the NES has all the games you you, you need. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> to think about that kind of a gap, towards uh, like we, you know, they're not even telling. They don't want to tell people that a Super NES is coming.
0: Well, I also remember real quick the seeing a segment on youtube i was linked to about a news story about how some parents were concerned that super nintendo wasn't backwards compatible with nes right. like that was something even back then like when well, i have to probably make hit a whole new thing and it doesn't play the older stuff like right that, like that was a thing even back then you know to this day we still like hey backwards compatibility so,
1: the, yeah the idea of changing technology was so mm-hmm. new uh, and atari was backwards compatible um, oh yeah for a lot of those systems yeah I, I I was an
0: Atari person, so that's that's good to know so it already existed, so maybe some
1: expectations had been set already for that, yeah, although the, you know the differences between one Atari console <laughs> and an X are kind of hard to, <laughs> to see <laughs> 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 at this point fair 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 point um but yeah they, they roll these kids up in a classic car, one of them oh the check-in desk i I thought this was hilarious <laughs> because it clearly just in a random warehouse yeah that's the, the, the authentic nintendo offices from before are gone they're just in some weird random yeah. warehouse the hallway full of doors it's and so one kid weird. gets lost down the you know he, he breaks off <laughs> nobody notices even though there's only three kids it's just weird
0: like that and you just go with it. i think the kids like yeah that's what a kid would do
1: uh they hype up anti-aliasing which is really funny <laughs> <the line laughs> on it. Yeah, it's like running 240p, but with anti-aliasing to smooth out those edges. I mean that type of stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that. Uh, I don't know who that really was aimed for. That maybe it's like more like, hey, it's graphics. It's a means it's better. Good lingo. I was blown away by the analog stick part, where they were showing like yeah. this tap and Mario. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Wait, what?" Actually, showing it of, off. Degrees of movement with the they called it the control stick, not mm-hmm. the stick. It was a control stick, and then uh, the the Bowser preview, like like swinging Bowser. I was like, "Wait, oh, what are we doing here? This is so cool looking." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I I think that uh, that was very very interesting. They. I'm trying to think was... the pilot. Oh, wings. they had the they had these weird skits with like R and D guys. Okay,
0: yeah, I was I wanted to see if you were
1: gonna mention. There was that. the Pilot Wings one with the guy at the hang glider, yeah. but there was also one where like they had a guy in a helmet like running, running around, around in circles in like an empty room to like be R and D for Mario <laughs> to jump into a painting. And it <laughs> yeah, like, and you know, it's like yeah, jumped into a physical painting. Also, I, I just
0: wrote I just wrote R and D gags. W two F question mark <laughs> It's like. <laughs> yeah, that w- that was what Nintendo thought would be funny and cool back then. It's just like, hey, this is the research and development of one of the games. It's like because guess despite them having technical, you know, talk a little bit here, it's like actual dev interviews with the dev team would be too boring. So we're gonna
1: show you a like a, a, a quirky skit here. Um huh? Go ahead. Pilot wing 64, the A button, commonly known as the blue button. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, Nintendo, what are you doing? Yeah, we're going to. yeah, Armand Williams again in this one. So three years in a row, he, he, he managed to get in there.
0: Yeah. The, it was nice to see him back, you know, the showing off the gameplay. A little bit of a, tr- a tips and tricks segment there.
1: Yeah, he really does talk about, like, the- Secrets and pilot wings and that kind of yeah, thing, the, and shows off the the later unlockables.
0: The cannonball, the cannonball thing was like level. It's like, oh, that's gonna be probably cool. Um, it was interesting. They went with uh, Shadows of the Empire. Oh yeah, for big, big for deal. for the big deal because a it was. Uh, I knew star as a kid. I knew Star Wars was big. I had mm-hmm. seen the original trilogy like on tape, tape or VHS or. DVD TV whatever but obviously I wasn't alive when they came out um, but it was approaching the 20th anniversary so like I think the, the being in 96 is one, just a little bit before getting Star Wars a hey, it's a huge property it's a new game with like it's no like I mean it's based on uh, the comic or whatever no, the there's a novel novel sorry I don't
1: know that was like a cross media thing that they like. It wasn't like one was based on okay. the other. Like they came out at the same yeah, time. I'm a little vague yeah. on that,
0: but like I remember being a huge thing because it's like, oh wow, this is a brand new Star Wars game, and uh, yeah, they what they showed off. I think you know at the time, I thought it looked cool, like seeing speeder bikes. The hoth level, like yeah, like that's exactly what you're you want to be in the snow speeder going yeah. around and let the tow cable. It's like you're playing that in 3D. It's like okay, this you know going through the 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 hoth base, you know shooting stormtroopers. It's like <laughs> well, flying spaceships in the asteroid field and going into the cockpit and like it's like the, the like they hit all the right notes. I feel like and yeah. it seems so cool.
1: Well, and that was what they were yeah really emphasizing. was just a variety of that game, you know, and and even now like you look back at everything there, and if, even if it wasn't the best that it could be it was doing a lot for you know uh essentially a launch game you know it wasn't right at launch but it was there very soon after um and yeah to have flying levels to have the speeder level to have uh the snow level and the first person or not first person but third person shooting i think you can go in first person in that but not not walk around the whole time maybe but anyways the shooting levels um and have all that stuff working and running in the same game. Uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive what they did with Shadows of the Empire. Um, and then, oh, yeah. They they did this, I think, in another one, too. It was like, wait, there's more? Oh, g- not, not just another. This I wrote down, like,
0: guess what's at the end again? Another, there's more montage, right. sizzle reel, whatever. But they but- show a lot here. Yeah,
1: Kirby's Air Ride, Cruising USA, GoldenEye, Body Harvest, Wave Race 64, Super Mario Kart R, R. <laughs> Blast Course, Star Fox 64 with the old logo, uh, and then some sports games like uh, Ken Griffey and uh, Wayne Gretzky Hockey. And then, because this was very, very, very promotional, mm-hmm. the date, one ninety nine ninety five, change the system, and then Killer Instinct Gold, yeah, little, little hidden seg- segment at the end. Like that, yeah. They wait a little bit and then it came on.
0: I mean, it it's interesting because the criticisms, leverage of Nintendo 64 for why it lost the market share to to PlayStation and Sony. Uh, people accused of not having enough games, not having enough third party games on there. And you look at something like this and you actually look back at some of their output, it's like they did have a lot of games, especially when we get to the sports one. It's like they had a ton of sports games on the Nintendo 64 as well. Right. I think it came down to there were just certain hits that were only on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I now mean was, RPG yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah. And you know. losing Square yeah. to to Sony was another big one for that time. And not uh, a lot
1: of fighting games either. You had Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct, it, but yeah. you know there it, there wasn't yeah, there was a lot. Like there's just it's it's funny cuz like on its own like the Nintendo 64, you know, seems to have quite a good number of games, but then when you look at PlayStation, it was just like a flood exactly you know, and, and, and with a lot of things like the the CD based stuff with all the movies and and that level of graphics. yeah
0: it was there's a lot I mean it's a whole other topic but it yeah. was clear to see but like at least at the outgo they were trying their like they were trying their best to show that they had a lot of games for it um, and one of those in the sizzle reel as you mentioned star Fox 64 would be the subject of their next video yes. just called star Fox 64 I tried looking for like a title of it just called star Fox 64. Um, this one I actually did get as well. Yep. got this uh, at, one. At Watch the, this a lot. At, yeah, at the time this was my favorite one. Like, in terms <laughs> of thing. Watching it now, not so much. It's a little cheesy. Yeah, uh, this was another one that played into the spy angle. You have like the Sony and the Sega people like dropping in, like, or in a van, and they like. <laughs> Nintendo test pilot guy parachutes into the front of Nintendo headquarters walking in in the jumpsuit with the Star Fox logo. I want that thing. And then they just stroll up and they're like, hey – Funny, you got the time and he's like yeah uh hey aren't you and it's like it's this like comical
1: tr- like fake italian accent like,
0: <laughs> it's like it's like i don't know if it, like what it's referencing specifically but i feel like it's referencing like some old tv show or it, like yeah it, 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 it's, it's or like something. some kind
1: of like mafia goon kind of yeah like idea. three
0: stooges almost like weirdness <laughs> it's just like and then they, yeah they interrogate him about Star Fox 64 and well, how they don't really interrogate him so much as <laughs> they Get a Mario doll. Oh,
1: well, they, they have, yeah, so they're interrogating him, but they have a Mario. Mario's Sorry, they're torturing the doll and interrogating a him. Vice. Yeah. And then they start, like, cranking it and squeezing his head. He's like, no, leave Mario out of this.
0: <laughs> leave Mario
1: and then out his, of this. And then, the, like, he, you know, it's like, Oh, I I can't tell you this or, or Bob's gonna kill me He's yeah. like, oh and oh, then really? so they they disguise themselves <laughs> as pizza, pizza guys. delivery guys <laughs> and Bob? go to the world of Nintendo it was kind of like the it was kind of like a lobby area in the old Nintendo building yeah um, and then they'd like and Bob Bob is there but like, I think everybody in this is an actor I don't think there's a single. Yeah. real like Nintendo tester like or anything like that. They shifted away yeah.
0: starting with this one. They shifted away it was from using all a like the a weird gimmick. Stuff. Um it, it's funny they kept going with the spy stuff because it's like makes well, you, you think in pop culture the like, point like, qu- the,
1: the the point about the spies though that's very important to note in this one cuz the the first spy thing we had with the Invasion Nintendo they were just kind of like yeah just generic secret agents. This when they literally have a guy in a Sony shirt and a guy in a Sega shirt. <laughs> it's a
0: megaphone. <laughs> uh, it, 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 like it makes it would make you believe that corporate espionage and like heated rivalries were like common and like and it was like serious. It's like serious business. But like nowadays, it's like. They're all kind of friends with each other, and, like, they say nice things in their, like, their press conferences about each other. They even talk about, they even work with each other. But, like, I wonder if this, like, this is definitely, like, the console war fanboy era. Oh, like yeah. yeah. fanboy war stuff. Oh, like, yeah. it was and fe- talking about
1: Saturn. Oh, yeah. I was totally sure. feeding
0: into that stuff, for sure.
1: Um, the Rumble Pack. You didn't tell them about the Rumble Pack, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did! You did just now. Or I, f- I forget what they said in response. He goes,
0: "No, Bob, <laughs> you did." Whatever. He goes, uh "Oh, like, <laughs> he's back on the couch to jump by the guy." just eating pizza. Good <laughs> pizza. Um, I liked how they called Star—they labeled Star Fox 64 as a cinematic gaming experience. Mm-hmm. Cinematic, <laughs> coming from Nintendo for Star Fox from Miyamoto. I remember the Nintendo Power Strategy Guide, Miyamoto talking about how, like, movies. He wanted this to feel like a movie, right? But in the years after, it, it, Miyamoto kind of got a, an infamous reputation for being like anti-story, anti-like cutscene and stuff. Yet Star Fox 64 is like flies in the face of all this. I'd love to know like what really happened there. Like, right. was this just a passion project for Miyamoto and like that one and done? I don't need to do this anymore, or that something happened to change his mind? But it's like it's interesting to see this. But I, I will say, at the time, like Independence Day had just come out. Some of these
1: stages had just oh, looked like dude, Independence Day. The, yeah. the Independence Day nod in this game is hilarious, um, and you see it in this as well. But yeah, there's just yeah, there's a lot of cinematics. There's a lot of voice acting, um, but yeah. But again, like putting yourself into the 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 moment of the Rumble Pack itself, you know, and them explaining it, and it just it's like it was so mind blowing. You know, and and so either you were all in and you're really sold, or you thought it was a stupid gimmick. And but it, in neither sense did you think that this would be just a take it for granted feature of video games. I know that every controller would do this.
0: It, yeah, you. We uh, was a day or two ago. You were talking about. Th- we were talking about this, and you're like, how this this immediately right after all three jumped. I mean, even right. in this generation, you know, because you're saying of Metal Gear Solid, like with Kojima, you brought yeah. up about. Pushing Sony I, to make that controller, and then a generation after, Elf everyone was doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you know you have Star Fox sixty four used it really well, Zelda used it really well, Goldeneye used it really well. Um, but then, yeah, with Sony bringing out the Dual Shock, and then the number of games, and then I, I and then I will give a lot of credit to Kojima for pulling his little mind tricks uh, with what you could do with Rumble, and then mm-hmm. I think. Because I think in Star Fox sixty four, and even the way it's presented here, it's like, oh, you know, when you get a hit, you feel it a little bit. When you explode, you feel it a lot. It was all just about intensity and length. the nuance, and I, I, yeah, and, and the Dual Shock and Kojima like really, I think, opened up people's minds to like how many different things you could do to this.
0: I, I love that because I, I, I would jump to the conclusion of, like, oh, it's just going to rumble at the same vibration no matter what. And, like, even from the get go, like, no, it's going to have subtlety differences, as you said. Yeah. Like, the you know, crash is going to feel more intense, whereas a hit's going to feel a little bit weaker. And, like, I
1: don't think Sega ever did one, though. I, I can't remember a Sega controller. Not did the top did, of my head. I, yeah, not off the top of my head. I can The Saturn remember one. controller, there was one for Nights that had, like, an analog stick. And then, obviously, the Dreamcast controller did one. Maybe the Dreamcast had, like, Something that went into VMU slot that would rumble? I thought it did. That could be. Because they had a fishing
0: game, I thought they used
1: it. Yeah, the, yeah that would have been yeah. a separate thing. Or maybe it was the I fishing think you, peripheral that used I think it. You sh- yeah. shoved a fishing thing in there. We're getting a, off topic. But
0: anyway, yeah. the last thing I want to say about this video is uh, the tease at the end, like the Zelda 64 footage. It had like yeah. the tease Triforce shot that's now infamous. Not the full one, but like Zelda 64 footage. There was stills
1: in this one, Deve- right? Yeah, yeah, development.
0: Oh, no, this is footage. This is video in this oh, one. okay. But video footage of early Zelda 60, uh, Ocarina of Time, then called Zelda 64, is like was like sought after like indiana jones holy grail type stuff like we got to find this like it's really awesome and like having it tucked away in these promo videos was like just why this one maybe was like so sought after and brought up a lot is because it had footage of it
1: yeah It it's the player's guide at the end too oh yeah <laughs> let me see that you can buy it at the store <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks again <blood>. <laughs> all right blood um Got a few more here. I know we're running short on time. Uh, hot topic: Diddy Racing. This one I did get. This is the one I felt felt like an episode of Easy Updates.
1: Right. This one is real weird. I I've, I've been on the fence as to whether like I had this or not, but I, I like watching it again. I some of these things started to feel familiar, so I think I I think I did. I just. I think because it was so bad, I didn't watch it the way I watched I, I, the others. Okay,
0: I agree with you. I didn't watch it a lot. I, I think it goes way too hard on a, its concept. Um, in fact, I, I don't think it works well here. It, 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 I don't think they
1: told you much about the game yeah, at all. Yeah, because
0: it, it overpowers. It's overbearing. It's more about the skits in the in this like storyline between like the the news stories than the actual gameplay. Like they finally get to some like gameplay points. It's just they don't do enough. If they like balanced it out better, I think it would have ended up being. A much better promo video i mean it also has a montage at the end like everything else but otherwise i think this is one of the worst videos they made honestly unfortunately
1: yeah because it was like they they get they went with like this news program idea and then they would just like cut to like on location reporters and the one guy's in like a full body cast another person's in a tree another person's in a swimming pool and like it was just constantly looking at these different sets rather than you know looking at the game uh, and so it becomes really distracting because I think they are talking about the game quite a bit throughout. <laughs> yeah, but you're just your, your brain is somewhere else. It's just hard. Yeah,
0: it's hard to focus. I, I don't know what they're really going for. Those there's weird '70s like aesthetic going on mm-hmm. to some of the room designs. It was just it's kind of all over the place, honestly, in my opinion, and definitely one of the weaker ones. Um, this next one though might have been in response to that because they <laughs> stepped away from live action segments altogether. In this next yeah. one, Nintendo sixty four introduces three new ways to bring it. This is a video that focused on the Nintendo sixty four sports lineup. They were trying to show that Nintendo had sports games on it. Covers MLB baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr., ten eighty snowboarding, and NBA uh, Kobe Bryant and NBA courtside. Yeah, all three games, which I ended up getting as mm. well. Not because of this video because I never
1: had it, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about this video either. In nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> graduating high school, but then. So, um, but yeah, so it's interesting because I think this is presented much differently than any of the previous ones, mm-hmm. to where it really is just the games and a narrator, uh, and they even do like little play by play, yeah, um, stuff, which I really appreciate. Yeah, just, like we're just gonna walk you through the, what how this game plays.
0: Yeah, I, I think that one actually worked pretty well um i i enjoyed it i mean i could tell like they were trying but like at the same time it's like this is all this needs you know this would be weird to have skits or something going on here like maybe they had a king griffey jr bit in there but like like had had him had him in there but that would have cost a fortune
1: um they have got the controller and what you could do with it as well as four player player split screen
0: like that was the biggest thing through that and like they kept showing a bunch of games especially in the montage ends like a lot of these games you can play four player right there with sports games which are meant to be played with like multiplayer
1: nba yeah man yeah uh i, I and like right when kobe bryant was first on the scene e- exactly Nintendo like had this was snagged a yeah. big
0: get for them like, you know young player in the nba i mean jordan and shaquille Neil were like the two like other biggest people at the time i would say and and like being marketing for video games and it's like oh we got kobe bryant and kobe bryant would be going to be huge and yeah i mean he didn't stick it wasn't as many games for nintendo as ken griffey i think ken griffey was there a little bit longer because also their partnership with the mariners at the time but they, they, it wasn't for a lack of trying. I feel like Nintendo with their sports division and, and trying yeah. to, like, well, they
1: even yeah, you see the logo, the Nintendo Sports logo in there, and yeah, yeah, and they do show off, like you said, they do show up a lot of sports games towards the end.
0: They, they got a lot of third-party games that are on both mm-hmm. systems. I mean, like uh, I, I, I remember playing this cr- the heck out of Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey. I like, I love that game. Um, there, they, Blitz NFL Blitz, but it's like again, I, that was not as we don't need to get into those not the reason why nintendo fell behind its competition uh it was just like it was just like you know to put it bluntly like it was more of like a marketing and image problem which you know as you can see some of the misses in some of these videos is like sometimes nintendo didn't really know how to present themselves like they, they, they have great games but how do you present them in a way that like gets people interested in them and sometimes the simplest way is the most effective where i think this video you know you know, you know like i'm not i'm a, I'm the more the sports guy here but like i don't particularly play a lot of sports video games right but like i was able to enjoy this video i was like dreading it when it came up yeah. in the queue and i'm like oh no but i was like
1: ah, this was not so bad it was, it was actually really good yeah and and yeah at the time i was definitely playing more sports games than i do now um things weren't weren't too crazy or complicated or yeah yeah you could just pick up you know it didn't matter what it was you could just pick up and play that with your friends uh, got three more here quick.
0: Uh Banjo-Kazooie the new adventure begins. I didn't have this one because it was only a Blockbuster. Yeah, this is weird. There I was didn't... some
1: scheme where like you rent this and then you'd get a There was like you would if you rented the game from Blockbuster, then you would get a coupon to buy the game somewhere else. Like it was weird.
0: I don't yeah, I, I, I don't remember that part, but I do remember renting it because I mm. wanted to check it out. And I remember being blown away because I, I couldn't remember the name as a kid, but you know, John Lovitz being the narrator, a famous actor. Oh wait,
1: it was actually John Lovitz? Yeah,
0: that's John Lovitz. It really is him.
1: They got him. <laughs> I the thought narrator. they got somebody to No, so it sounded
0: him. like it is actually <laughs> John Lovitz is doing it. And it, it's, there's no live – again, no live action with him, but he's just like narrating it like a game developer walkthrough, but a little much more personality and flair and throwing in some jokes and one-liners in there. It's like – That's funny. This – you know, I didn't hate this, actually. I thought it was like pretty okay for what it was. Uh, you know, a nice overview from uh, – you know, of the game. I mean, it, I think, if anything, it showed too much. It showed like every level, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. They like
1: <laughs> walked you through every world. Yeah, I uh, didn't care about spoilers. The The thing that I thought was interesting, too, is this is the first time that I noticed it in a way that uh, the editing really lined up very well with uh, the stuff that they were talking about <laughs> and the jokes even. Yeah. You know, he'd make a joke, and then you'd see a visual gag on the screen that kind of, like, fit along with it. And, like, man, somebody really, like, put their time into – Either like going back and capturing after they wrote this narration, or just making sure all that stuff lined up really well. Yeah,
0: it's a video I think
1: that would still even work today if they
0: they got a celebrity to do something like this. Is how you would like do an effective video. uh, Trim down the length, maybe it's a little on the long side, but otherwise, yeah. I I I I thought was you know I was surprised by how well it turned out because I was like remember watching and hearing oh no it's gonna be one of those cringe (laughs) comedy it's like no it's not really so. Uh, I was already sold on Banjo-Kazooie
1: before I got the video, so like it was. I just wanted to watch it for fun, I remember. the, uh, the What was funny to me here, too, uh, in the tips, is they tell you to write down everything that the good yeah. says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the best part of that Trivia game. Trivia quizzes in a rare 3D game, yeah. Uh, the montage on this is very interesting as well. Uh, Turok 2 at yeah. 0x uh f1 world gp ocarina of time which yeah. i think is the first time that they've shown that with the name yeah
0: it, but it was like n- footage we've come to like it's normal yeah.
1: footage now so it's not as rare yeah but nice yeah, but i mean it's it so yeah, 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 at that yeah. point we finally got to see like the final game uh 12 tales conquer 64 six, yeah,
0: before it got its attitude era <laughs> <laughs> bad boy conquer this is the innocent Conquer. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Mortal Kombat 4 and then Wipeout 64. Yeah, Wipeout, well, seeing yeah.
0: a PlayStation game, or a game made popular in PlayStation, trying to make its appearance. One of these montages had StarCraft in it, too. I forget which one it yeah, was. I think but, that
1: might be the last the, one. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, I mean, they were trying, again, trying to woo over people from other platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It wasn't the last one. It was the, the next one, the Hot News. So,
0: Hot News 64 is the next one, the second and the last one. This one, I don't remember if I had it or got it later on, but I definitely watched it. Like, forever ago, like long, long okay. time ago. Yeah, I
1: definitely had seen, had not seen this.
0: Uh, it goes back to that spoof new style, like the, the 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 Diddy Kong Racing one. But like this one, was w- this one was tryhard and embarrassing to me.
1: Oh yeah, this guy was like just overemphasizing his face a lot. And just it was like really. Early- yeah purposely annoying even though
0: it was 90s it felt like earliest 2000s like bad sitcom like uh, yeah. like, uh ooh, who's the host that hosted the Game Awards with Keeley that was infamous the com- comedian come on
1: Joel McHale yeah it's... Oh, this guy's way worse than Joel yeah McHale. this guy's way worse than Joel McHale <laughs> <laughs> but I was
0: like you know this is like what happens when you get someone who like doesn't really like, die, like they, they're, they're not gelling with the content here like this is a bad choice for the actor for this it's like and it was interesting because they were focusing on like Jet Force Gemini and Donkey Kong 64 which is games I think especially jet force gemini could have benefited from a really good promo video right and i don't think this did a you know again it, it's too distracting everything else about the video that you don't get to focus as much on i it. do
1: think though when they break away and they show um the first thing that they Sorry. show yeah the jet force gemini like it looks like a like a modern trailer like it really to me has a lot of Shit. the elements that you would expect <laughs> from a trailer today
0: i have okay so in my notes i'm like it's like how i was annoyed by all this and it's like then you finally get to the extended dev walkthrough and this feel it goes it feels like they're actually going for something that's more like a more modern trailer you'd see nowadays so, sorry <laughs> like but that's the thing the beginning of the video left the bigger impression in my mind that like even only watching it a few days it goes like that's how bad like the skit stuff was whereas like the actual trailer content actually sorry to correct myself is really good yeah and and and, and is worthwhile it's just they really needed to find a way to make the overall video better yeah. and, and
1: just focus uh, on it. I, I, I chuckled at the term near first person. <laughs> the crap is this? <laughs> near first
0: person. What? Near first person. <laughs> um, I forgot about the Donkey Kong Country TV show because they promote it oh and the, the Legend of the Crystal it Coconut. It looks so bad. It looks so bad. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, your your ACM. You showed off in the DKC video. Looks better than this. Yeah, cartoon.
1: four years earlier. the <laughs> this, the modeling, the modeling, and whoever made that show. I don't know. It's like it. It really, really looks like somebody that had no clue what they were doing.
0: We need to have, if it's ever allowed, we need to do a watch party for that movie. Just like the, all of us watching it with the, with the chat, just to see that's got to be an experience. Because I haven't seen that. I, am, I might have rented it back in the day and I forgot about it. I don't remember it. Um, a small little funny last-minute note about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, during one of the games, I think it was Pokemon Snap, Kobe Bryant 2 logo shows up randomly in a frame. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> kind of distracted me, but I was like, I wonder if they were, like, just overall just dialing it in a little yeah. bit on this video. Donkey
1: Kong 64, I didn't feel like they really... Showed that game off as well. Is it Force Gemini in there? No. Uh, Oh, they also had this weird, like, ask Dan in between things. Yeah,
0: like, evil Dan, which was a persona of his back in the day. They were going with that, which is, like, sad because, like, he was so nice in, like, the the Donkey Kong Country video. (laughs) And they went with. No, no, this
1: isn't Dan Osten, I don't think. I think this is a different Dan. I know his face is blurred out, but it does not seem like the same person to
0: well, me. Well, Ask Dan
1: was Dan Oson Was Dan Oson
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Back in Nintendo. Maybe he just had like a different hairstyle at the time or I something. I mean, it's
0: this is like, what, five, six years later after that right.
1: video? So it's been, I mean,
0: yeah. I, I don't know if the actor, the, the, sorry, the person you're being shown is literally Daniel oson there. Maybe that's it. That Maybe that's why it. he blurred but, his face. But the segment column was
1: his thing, like giving okay. out tips and tricks. Because yeah. it didn't seem like it sound like him or yeah, looked like him. Yeah. So it was something probably was something like, like that for sure,
0: but those were a little like. And the weird. emails were
1: totally fake. Oh
0: yeah, it was like yeah. come on, like again. I wonder if this is in response they were falling so behind for, for Sony, they were just trying anything at that point just to like seem cool and hip. That they were, we gotta try anything. I mean, that like some of their promo campaigns and that like spread uh, time period leading into GameCube. It's like you know the Who Are You or whatever things. Right. It's like what is going, like what is going on here? But.
1: Another yeah. cool montage though at the end.
0: Yeah, uh, that's the thing they do. They do cool mont. Uh, no matter what, <laughs> you could expect a cool montage at the end of all these. They were all games. really brief though. That's the only thing yeah.
1: that's a, that's kind of a bummer. But they at least showed you the names of the games. But yeah, so uh, Mario Golf in there, Starcraft 64 in yep. there, Pokemon Snap, Duke Nukem, Duke. Yeah, the Duke Nukem. I think Nukem. I forgot came out on N64. If it actually did release, uh, Rayman 2, Gauntlet Legends, Armorines, another title I forgot about. Uh, world driver championship shadow yeah. man 40, 40 winks <laughs> 40 winks toy story 2 blitz 2000 wwf attitude hybrid heaven hybrid heaven. which for a while i was hyped on but then in, a, in a, never ended up really playing hydro thunder nuclear strike we were talking about a strike series not that long ago and revolt a lot of games i mean they, yeah. they were trying again trying really hard and then the last one is the weird one man oh the majora's mask hot video preview yeah you th- this is weird to you it's weird to me because it's like it it definitely has this vibe that like Toys R Us is presenting this video. Ah uh,
0: okay, okay. Yeah. I get you now. Yeah. It was definitely definitely a Toys R Us promo. Um I was I never had this one and I was mad when I found out existed it existed and I didn't actually yeah, ever I get it. I didn't know. But about I didn't this. realize it was Toys R Us only. So uh it was funny because there's a line at the beginning when they're promoting it's like it's a sequel to like one of the best games ever. Some say it's the best game ever. Others say it's better than the original. I'm like, who's saying it's better? Wait, it's not even out yet. Who's saying that? Yeah. I was like, so I was like, wait, wait, wait. What's going on here? Um, yeah, it was like a reserved, very reserved like dev interview with like overview with the gameplay clips.
1: Um, this, yeah, this Chris Campbell guy, which it's weird because they credit him as like Nintendo's game guru. So like. He Are you a Nintendo Power guy? I think Are he you... was a
0: person who worked on the strategy guide for Majora's Mask for Nintendo sure. Power. I remember seeing their name yeah. in there. Uh, I, I'm interested because in you uh, the VisitZelda.com at the bottom of the whole time, Nintendo finally felt confident in letting you know <laughs> <about> that <their laughs> website. Oh I, I like how they showcased the mask tra- transformations, though. You know yeah, That was a they, big they hook they for about the game. The, the Zoros and yeah. the, uh,
1: the expansion pack. They talked
0: about how it made things possible.
1: They got a little bit technical there. Yeah. They did that with uh, DK64 a bit, too. They talked about the expansion pack. Uh, but the, the funniest thing to me is this ridiculous shot of Miyamoto in a robe. <laughs> And I'm like, why? What it's is like, this from? Like this has no context.
0: First video, the first of these promos to mention the word Miyamoto. <laughs> Never been mentioned Never before. Never been mentioned.
1: Show, them. we're going to show and you. And then they get it <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> Miyamoto is known for redefining <laughs> games, and this is no exception. <laughs> Miyamoto just handed this off to Elonuma. Yeah, it was. He uh, wasn't involved.
0: A bit, bit of a mess out there, but very funny. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, love the the pre order promo. The gold cart. The holographic image. Yeah, the gold controller is mm. like. Yeah, uh, I, I was, like, very into that type of stuff. But, like, none of the other ones really did, like, pre-order bonuses, I, f- I think, as far as I remember. Yeah, they would pitch
1: the things, but I don't... Yeah, yeah, again, this is a Toys R Us thing. So, yeah, they didn't talk about any of the other pre-order bonuses before. And they wrapped it up with something a little interesting, too.
0: Armon Williams is back. Yeah. Talking about Banjo-Tooie. Yeah, a little short overview t- video teaser there of that. That was kind of nice to see. But...
1: Uh, and talked about the uh, Kazooie shotgun level. In oh that yeah, particular. that was that
0: yeah. was. What I remember like, yeah, he goes, hey, you can like go in like first person or whatever, and it's like you're shooting eggs like a shotgun. It's like, would you ever think you'd be doing that? I'm like, <laughs> eh, yeah, <laughs> I guess I did. So, Bloodworth, we've been talking about these Nintendo VHS tapes. Yeah, but I got a patron question here uh, about a certain. VHS tape that you actually messaged me about on Slack (laughs) as well on your own. So it's kind of funny that they, they specifically asked about this. This comes from Joseph Caruso. Like many Nintendo fans that grew up in the 90s, I saw the Donkey Kong Country, N64, and Star Fox 64 VHS tapes. But I vaguely recall a friend of mine had a tape about the development of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. Do either of you have experience with that one? I'll never forget how impressive that game was in almost every one when it first came out. Love and respect.
1: Yeah, I got that tape, too. Oh, man. Which is interesting because I feel like a lot of the others I got through Nintendo Power. So somewhere along the line, I gave Square Enix or Squaresoft my contact info uh for i don't i don't remember what
0: yeah i didn't know this existed as a vhs tape or something like maybe i didn't like in the past and just forgot about mm. it but i mistook it at first when you linked it to me as like a japanese video oh, and sure. someone just like like subtitled it and i'm like oh wait no 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 this is this is officially released i guess so i was gonna i was, I was shocked because the style of this video is actually like A lot of Japanese VHS and DVDs that came out in the nineties and two thousands, like there's uh, some that I tracked down, like one called Zelda No Video, which is like a whole like behind the scenes of the Zelda series, like interviews with like Miyamoto and Numa. It was basically the same kind of style uh, as this, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I love these types of things, and especially while this is for Final Fantasy, it's pretty cool to see these types of things because like Nintendo at that time really didn't do stuff like that, I feel like. So it was kind of cool to see a Japanese developer giving you this kind of like access.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's the thing because if you're saying there's some things in Japan, like I could see that, you know, in in Japan they were doing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But in America, all the ones that we had just talked about were all, you know, essentially testing and localization staff uh it's with probably the exception of like dan Otsen and, and ken lobb who had kind of bigger roles um whereas this is like no here's this is sakaguchi here's katase here's you know ev- you know not everybody but there's a lot of people yeah here. um uematsu's in there you know yeah, talking right. about you know how they can do the music differently now that they have uh i think 24 channels on the the playstation compared to like Eight or something on the Super, Super Nintendo, <laughs> <It's funny>. yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, it's really cool, and it and it starts off with just like kind of a big old hype montage of all the CG cutscenes and everything, and, and a bunch of press quotes from previews. I'm I'm assuming because I'm like, wait, this is before the game came out, but you're giving me a bunch of press quotes. What are these? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, one of the things I wrote down there: a generational leap across three CD ROMs. <laughs> Just <laughs> really hyping I up the mean, fact that it, like, needed all of those yeah.
0: things. I mean, they included the the trailers at the end, too, the infamous trailers that made it, like,
1: a movie production Oh, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, a cast of thousands. Yeah, that's, that. yeah, because the TV yeah, spots were
1: hilarious. Yeah, the TV spots. It's, like, more than 200 animators and programmers, which are, the interview kind of, like, contradicts earlier because they are talking about a staff of 100. Yeah. So I'm, like, <laughs> how to, what, which, huh?
0: I think they were like the TV spots were obviously to like inflate the the oh the, yeah the, yeah make it hype basically. And as a kid, million dollar production it worked. I was jealous over of was two years in the making.
1: Yeah, man, they were <laughs> with a cast those. of thousands. What is the cast of thousands referring to? I don't know. I don't even know there's if there's n- one thousand characters no in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So does that mean they're, there they're, can't be a high- thousand character models in the game? They're,
0: they're highlighting what video games can do that movies can't. Because movies you got to get means? actors. Oh the yeah, games. but
1: that—that's the best final quote. They said it couldn't be done in a major motion picture. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's
0: attitude error. Square Enix or SquareSoft, right there. Yeah, yeah, I
1: keep doing the same thing. It's like I'm rewriting history. Uh, Sakaguchi, though, I think was was funny because they started off with his interview and then they kind of bounced between the other guys. Uh, uh, they were they were talking about you know. The, uh, they talked about the SIGGRAPH demo, which was kind of, you know, really really famous the first time that they showed 3D Combat Arena. Uh, but then they are kind of talking about, like, why I went to PlayStation, why I went to CD-ROM. And his response is, we became too aggressive and got ourselves into trouble. <laughs> So, <laughs> so basically they like everything that we they were working with they they put themselves in a position, well we can't put this on a cartridge now. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> it has to be on a CD.
0: They went too big
1: and uh yeah. Oh man. So good. Uh who else is in here? Uh Kazuyuki Hashimoto mm-hmm. is graphic supervisor. Uh so they were talk he was talking about the uh you know the fact that they're using both the the CG movies, essentially similar to what Donkey Kong Country had done a couple of years earlier, but also doing the 3D polygons. Um, and then uh, Kazushige Nojima, who was the planner. Yep. Um, also. And then yeah, they had multiple people kind of, like they had ask a question, and they would bounce for- back and forth between multiple staff members and and to uh, into their insights. Uh, and apparently, Kitase, uh had. Some experience that had, like, aspired to being a filmmaker, which they sort of credited to how cinematic this game ended up being.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. that I've seen several Japanese developer interviews that have stated that the their intended profession they sought after was, you know, to be in, th- in film, basically filmmaking. Uh, Yoshiaki Koizumi also mm. wanted to pursue being, like, a filmmaker first and then, you know, joined Nintendo and, but you could see hints of their work and efforts by, like, caring so much about the early Zelda games, like the manuals, putting all the story stuff into manuals, yeah. into any place they could, even despite technical limitations. So, yeah, it is interesting to see, you know, what backgrounds people, come, like, went to, what, if they went to a vocational school for something specifically, and then, you know, they end up in game development. But how that carries over to influencing the games they work on, it's, you know some pretty good
1: stories out there in developer interviews i would say yeah yeah nintendo kind of specifically even now kind of tries to i don't know how they managed to do that Does it, like they try to <laughs> like, hire people that don't yeah you know, that aren't interested necessarily in game design And like how did you get them to apply <laughs> like, yeah is it necessarily game design or just like not interested in like like gaming
0: isn't like their like one of their hobbies per se but even then it's like still a little weird that like you have yeah. like, to maybe show disinterest in the 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 very field you're working right. in but i mean
1: moto and specifically was like, industrial design right Oh man, I forget. It like, it. Yeah, it was something that was much more practical than yeah. like anything artistic. I know,
0: I know. Yeah, and I remember Sakura went to a specialist school as well. But it, I think it was for game develop. Actually, was for game development before he started working over at Hell, I believe, under Iwata. Um, I did realize. I did feel the vibe of this video. It feels a lot like. The type of stuff that started to come out around like the 360 PS3 Wii or on like publisher YouTube channels right. when they started doing their own thing. This was the type of stuff. It, it would be like on bonus disc every now and then, but like this became kind of standardized. So it was like nice to see something like this being done so early on. Yeah. But also it's so commonplace now. Like you wouldn't like a lot of this stuff. Sometimes people it like goes under the radar. I feel like with some of
1: this stuff. Yeah, I mean we do have, we do get some kind of like dev diary type things. But this is interesting because it was it wasn't even really dev diary. it was it was it was pretty straight up interviews yeah. um, just kind of cut in between things to sort of make it more interesting. Um, but it, I think that was, yeah, I think that's what was nice about it is that yeah, that you're you're just getting them talking about how they made the game uh, at a time when yeah, you didn't you didn't hear that stuff that much. and especially for something where they were breaking new ground. Uh, to really get get their ideas of like well what we wanted to do is we wanted to get the character moving on top of the movie and it's just like yeah <laughs> like, that's that's what people do you know with those types of games for for several years, but yeah, they were doing it first it's uh, yeah it's just, it's just like surprising
0: they were able to get because you think about Squaresoft Square Enix history and for like a good period they were so like protective. Mm-hmm. Like about their like the secretive nature of games, like spoilers, and also like access. It was like so for- about
1: spoilers. There was some a-
0: spoilers in those TV spots. Uh, Holy I know. cow! Yeah. But uh, I think we talked about before, like with the, the beginning with trailers. It's like if you don't know the context, <laughs> right, right, you right. don't really know. But it's flashy, it's epic looking, so that's what sells. So they're trying to you know get you you know hyped on the game. And uh, apparently it worked. And whoever, like, yeah, whoever thought of, like, releasing this as a promo video, I mean, I I think it probably did a good job because it shows that not everything has to be – While they did have it at the bookend of each, you know, of the video. You know, the deep dive stuff sometimes is, like, the simple – when we talk about the other Nintendo VHS tapes, the more – traditional approach like right. n- less skits less like bits stuff like that this well sometimes it was, a- being it straightforward was also works.
1: you know again like they had them in, they had these in them in like these dark dramatically lit <laughs> rooms <laughs> like um,
0: yeah it's like you would it, never see that it was, anymore it's that, really funny that is like a 90s thing like nowadays it'd be beautifully <laughs> lit like very clean looking like but white background you know
1: they they were on people long enough to establish who it was that yeah. was talking but it's Final Fantasy VII. The game just speaks for itself. Just they just keep rolling B-roll, and even when we're it it's like that's fine because you've never seen a game look like this before. It was just on a whole nother level.
0: Yeah, and then I'm just bummed I never like saw this until oh, sure. way after. Like I mean, I was pretty hyped on Final Seven, even though I didn't have a PlayStation. But you know, it would be nice to have something to keep watching over and over.
1: <laughs> and then hard cut. <laughs> All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bushido Blade. Yep, <laughs> they <laughs> start goes. showing trailers for Yay, other Square games. Go to other
0: games. That <laughs> was so cool. It's like, hey, other. Yeah, they were doing it. They're showing their. It's like showing your catalog. It, yeah. It's yeah. It's like your fall
1: catalog, your winter catalog. Here, here's our game catalog, and uh, yeah, they showed trailers for Bushido Blade and Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. And uh, Saga Frontier. Saga Frontier. Before that, they went the TV spots were at the very end. After that for final fantasy 7
0: i'm trying to think of any other like promo vhs tapes I, like I, I i'm struggling to think of anything because I, the Final Fantasy seven one you know i didn't have originally and became aware of much later and even with the nintendo ones but i i i, I didn't look into this obviously because like we we're a little crunch for time with like easy chilling mm. and, and and this week And I wish I had more time to dive into, like, did like Sega do any of this type of stuff? Like, Sonic? Like, it feels like like, there should have been a Sonic, or uh, maybe not. Like, maybe they were trying to. PS1 started getting into it with demo discs. That's the, because it evolved into that, but like, specifically like VHS promo tapes. It's like, I I did see there were, there's one in the UK, or at least one in the UK, and one in Japan that were older than both of the Donkey Kong Country ones, Mm. but I didn't actually watch them. I just saw that they existed, and it's be very interesting to see if there's a video out there that actually covers the entirety of like video game vhs promo tapes and this is like you know has right. has anything we missed and uh yeah it, it as it evolved as i said like it became like included like demo discs that had like trailers and like even nintendo was doing that like uh, they'd have when you found out what game were you showing me where you had like a second disc oh uh, i
1: think it was mario kart double dash yeah.
0: Mario kart like that, that became a thing even with Nintendo. So right after N sixty four, I was like, "Here you go. Like we're gonna start including these on like disc as promo discs, type things." So magazines doing it. I, I, that all worked. That was a big deal, and people have very fond memories about these promo disc and trailers from back then. That I don't just don't see that anymore. You know, that it's a it's a bygone era that just right. things moved. Yeah, past it's it. like
1: if there's a demo, it's sort of expected, and you certainly mm-hmm. don't see people like really hanging on to it and thinking about it a lot. Yeah. I mean with the
0: internet now it's just like you can't keep like the information will spread so fast that like it right. kinda becomes like a flash event that's like here and gone. Where back then, you know, even with like the early internets like the, the the things just spread at a much slower pace and and compounded with that is the fact that like stuff was maybe only in Japanese. Like a lot of these games, you know, these promotional stuff was only in japan only in japanese and then like very few people could even understand it that would get it over here and then like time went by and people like oh did you catch this cool video that was in japanese about this game like wait wait what oh that's cool someone translated it and you know more like all these old dev interviews that you know get translated that you know offer new insight into behind the scenes of games and you know just generally that stuff is like that's like what's left i think is like undiscovered like promo promo video or an undiscovered interview in like a lost magazine that, right. that was never very popular is like the only thing that kind of evokes the same kind of feeling for me i guess yeah well i have a patron question here to wrap this up blood um and we're gonna go with uh we're gonna stick with the trailer theme for this one this comes from raul what were your favorite smash brothers trailers
1: oh man I gotta, I gotta think. Snake is is got to be the top. Ooh, snake for brawl. Yeah, that was a, because that was
0: the on um, that was the first that was the first trailer, which was interesting because if I remember this correctly, it wasn't in their E three thing. It was actually shown at like afterwards like it was like put online like there's a round table and then the trailer came out after and it had like the whole thing with snake it's like oh snake where are you right now you've been recruited to smash brothers i'm doing reconnaissance (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i was walking around their booth and seeing that and i was like wait this wasn't in their presentation where did this come from this is so cool uh i i think that's up there i think that brawl trailer was like definitely up there um some of the DLC trailers, Blood, have been pretty impressive for me. Um, I mean, that, the, I mean, the, it's about. I guess it's more about like excitement. Like Sephiroth, it was just like so well done, and like the working in like the memes and like the callbacks, like Sephiroth yeah. stabbing Mario, like Advent Children's style. but it's really yeah. just like. Oh yeah, and the Castlevania one was <laughs> oh, so man, good. The, yeah, the, yeah, Luigi getting scared. Ridley. <laughs> Ridley. Oh man. I just the thing is, ex- except for Pac-Man and Mega Man, I don't remember any. The Wii U trailers were like doing CG, but hmm. for some reason, the Wii U ones don't stand out as much. Even though I know there were some good ones, it's just so weird. Because uh, Cloud was also that's where Cloud got King, his trailer. King, King K. Rule is still this one. No, King it? K. Rule is for, yeah. for for Ultimate. Uh, so is Banjo Kazooie. Um, we still got one more left. No, one, one more one, left. One more chance for a best of trailer there, <laughs> and even like the melee intro was so like iconic to me. Like seeing oh, all that yeah. stuff in CG rendered, like in a like like because GameCube came like oh cutting edge like visuals in a Nintendo game or Nintendo console CG videos. I've been seeing these on PlayStation for how long now, and everyone would tell me how oh, where's those on N sixty four. It's like now we got them. It was like it was like such a big moment
1: for me. Like seeing that that melee intro it was just so sick. Yeah, the amount of detail that when you go f- when you look back at like the models and stuff that were in the N sixty four game, and then you look at the trophies and, <laughs> and the character models and, and GameCube, it's just it's such a leap.
0: Yeah, it, it's like I still see it even to this day. I know it's not it's harder to see as time goes by, but I like I can still remember to, like what I felt right. like seeing that for the first time. It just was so so impressive, and that was less than two years yeah that's just i just don't understand how companies put out these games so quickly back then like we're talking <laughs> about scoring nx57 like they put out 789 in like right. span of like a few years it's like now it's you know game development it's i understand it's a lot more difficult with hd assets and you know bigger environments bigger assets to have to make but it's just just crazy because think back then like the technology wasn't as nearly as advanced so i feel like games are still pretty challenging to make even back then and to put out that it's i don't know i think we were kind of like spoiled (laughs) a
1: little bit like getting
0: remember when we used to have like n64 game droughts and stuff right it's (laughs) like well yeah because
1: you say seven eight nine but again also final fantasy tactics also frontier also mana (laughs) games also vagrant story also like you know them. Uh, yeah. I, I think they just published, but you know, Xenogears and stuff. And just like, how? Yeah. Chrono Cross. It's different. I, I don't know. I can't even explain that. I don't
0: even know how many people were working at Square at that time, and did they just have a ton of people, It was just that big? I don't know. But that that just seems insane to me that they they had all those games coming out in that short span of time, and uh, you'll I don't think you'll ever see anything like that from like Square.
1: Eve was them too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Holy sh. <laughs>
0: A lot of games. A lot of games. Um, thank you, Blood, for going down memory lane here with me, talking about these Nintendo yeah. VHS tapes. Because I mean, it's
1: honestly like something I hadn't even really thought about for a long time. And then you showed me the list, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this tape. I forgot about that tape. Yeah. Somebody had brought up the Star Fox tape a couple months ago. And that was the kind of the first little thing that put the seed in my head. But
0: Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've always talked about the Star Fox one and then just. Love like thought the gags were like really funny at the time, and now just looking back, it's like seeing it recently, yeah, they're, little, <laughs> they're super cheesy. But it's like there's some still some charm to it, so I, I still appreciate the still appreciate enjoyed most of them, though some of them definitely have aged pretty poorly. But, yeah, if you're in the, the comments and there's a, a VHS promo tape that's out there waiting to cover, or if there is a good overview video out there from another content creator, you know, link that in the comments. Let us know because I'd love to check those out. I want to have a little bit more time at uh, some point this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, who submitted questions for this episode of Friend Code. Um, if you are a $5 and up patron you can submit questions for consideration uh i'll make that post the week or actually now it's the week before we're recording i've done better done oh, a better cool, job cool. of getting these up much earlier uh so you have a lot of time to get those in so thank you to everyone that also uh your five dollars you're part of the early access tier i apologize this one was not coming to you as part of the early access just because of like being on the heels of easy chilling but yeah. most episodes do come a bit early for you so thank you everyone uh we also got some shout outs for the month of september 2021 got them right here uh so special thanks and shout outs to l thanis greg to dark knight kettering caleb Togi crawford and nick shout Shout out out. thank you so much yeah man vhs tapes uh whoo and what's funny is I'm glad they're all digitized on the internet and on YouTube now because I don't have a VHS player right. anymore, even to play any of this stuff. So
1: I mean, I do, but it's been so many years since I've used it that I kind of don't trust it right now. Like I'd have hmm. to like find something that I don't care about and test it. and It's like okay, make sure this plays. But then even so, like, well, if, if it breaks, does it break because of the player or does it because it's old? Yeah. <laughs> Because I definitely have some things that I should probably digitize, but
0: yeah. yeah, I will say the one thing I do lament is, uh, but you know, these are on you know archived pretty well now digitally. It's I still would like to go back and at least watch one of these on an actual VHS on a CRT oh, because sure. I think like it might look a little bit better than you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, definitely. But yeah. I think they did a good job.
1: What I think oh, yeah. is funny is there's one point in one of the tapes where there's kind of like a like a white noise, like uh, you, like you're getting to the end of a tape. And now that it's been digitized, and I was like, "Oh, that's an artificial effect that they put intentionally in there (laughs) to make you, yeah, so that you know you would think it was done." And then they put the teaser after it. Oof. Well,
0: until next time, everybody made away the hero lead to the Triforce.